0: Now, here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today's best served podcast 355. We're gonna meet the writers of the 868686 Challenge. As always, tell your best story. This is episode number 14 in that series. The 868686 Challenge, an absolute vision and dream and challenge for us to be able to bring something so new. Sophie Breaker was really the force behind this, said, I wanna see more stories from people across the industry. And we said, let's go, let's go big. Let's try and challenge ourselves to figure out how to shift the model of media where we wanted to pay writers. And when I say writers, this is literally anybody. We had line cooks and chefs. We had bartenders, servers. We had people from all over the country and other countries as well that wanted to tell their story. And their story matters and it's worthwhile and we wanted to create a space for that we wanted to say you're worth it anything that you believe is your human experience is your journey we want to create a space for that and to show value for them you know we are here to amplify the worth and work of those who feed their community the work part is challenging the worth part especially that self-worth that's really the unlock and so this is an amazing opportunity. What you're going to hear in this episode is a compilation of little mini interviews with a few of the writers. You're also going to see all kinds of audiograms of writers reading excerpts. So make sure, especially on Instagram, TikTok, go and check those out. We're going to be on Clubhouse talking to some writers. who was the first time they ever wrote and uh, and then got published and then got paid for it. Right, paid for that—that that emotional and physical labor. Imagine that in the hospitality industry. So that's what we're all about. I want to kick it off with one of my favorite voices out there, Cicely Sierra, the Sandwich Ministry, the Bronx, New York.
1: Sicily, good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you.
0: Uh, love, love your style, love your voice. You're somebody who's just like real, authentic, from cooking with your family to like. Bringing the the humble sandwich into the forefront, to the advocacy work that you do, seeing you kind of hosting you know important groundbreaking conversations, especially with women and women of color, and and so you're kind of looking at the industry from a 360 degree view, and then bringing your story to the 86 Challenge was just such an honor uh, to be able to have you be a part of that. So just give people kind of the the quick background. Run if they haven't uh, kind of heard of you and uh, what you work on, give us a little bit of uh, your origin story.
1: Well, um, I actually, this is the second career for me. I started out um, as an actress. I was acting at the age of seven. And um, about 20 years ago, I was on this really big television show called One on One. And I was a Power Ranger. And all of these things, but food has always been my passion. I can trace my family back seven generations and they were all cooks. My mother was a cook, she baked. Um, we owned a restaurant together. And, and as I got older, I was like, this is the thing that I need to be doing. This is my calling. Um, so I went to culinary school and then I started working on food trucks. I did, I actually started my career at the LA Times Test Kitchen doing R&D and food styling And then I went into the rounds of like food trucks and restaurants and stuff and I opened my first restaurant in the Bay Area and then I opened my second one here in New York. Um, And I, it was wild because I recently talked about this at an event last week, I think that the shift for me was. Uh right before I went to open, a few years before I opened my restaurant, someone had asked me this really kooky question, and they were like, what if your life was meant f- to be the platform for other people to stand on? What would you do? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have like a lot of grace and finesse, work, like telling <laughs> the story now, sure. but then I was like, what the f- do you mean? Do you um, mean? Of course what? I don't, <laughs> what? Um, So I had to do like, but it stuck with me for a long time. And it was something that like ate at my soul. And it was like, you don't have to give anything up to hold hold space for people to make sure that they're taken care of. So um, we opened the restaurant in Berkeley on Cal's campus, my mother and I, and we only hired students because we found out that these kids, a lot of them were homeless trying to pay for their education. And so it was like, if we're going to be here, then we need to like, be here. So we only hired students, we hired them around their school schedule. um, And then we hired enough of them so they could take adequate breaks. Um, And then we realized that like, there was more work to do. So we needed to make sure all of our meat was halal, we were doing things with people in mind. And um, I was so grateful for that time, because I was also a part of we started our business with La Cucina. So that gave me the privilege, my space of privilege to be very reckless. Um, so when I moved oh. here to New York um, and I opened the restaurant here, I only hired black and brown people, specifically single moms and made sure that they had a schedule and a babysitter oh. and paid them like a really great live, like living wage. Um, our front of the house started at an hour plus tips with no experience. And our back Mm. of the house, our dishwasher, our porter made $20 an hour to start with no experience. Um, And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for people coming into restaurants, for you to walk out of the door with no experience and be trained, that was like kooky to people to be paying them that much. And then we also were, I was really intentional about training so before they got hired everybody sat for a month in their skill set and got deeply and truly trained and then they rotated positions to be able to speak to everything if they wanted to learn something i i you know would hire them and i'd be like "Well, what do you want to do like i know what you can do but what do you want to do what's the thing that you feel like you want to be hired but you don't have any experience so we would have girls who had waitress experience be like i want to learn wine and it's like all right well let's do that and i you know would tell them that because the reality is when you walk in this door you may need a job but we need you just as much as you need the job so leverage that power that you have um so we did that and it was great like they still i so many of them still have a very special place in my heart but i feel like um for me, having the privilege to be around so many interesting women and people, um, it's my responsibility to mind the gap and to create a space for the people who work with me to fail and fail very freely and passionately. So that way, when they go out into the world, because I am the platform for them to stand on, when they go out into the world, they know everything they need to know. They can run circles around people and be great, and so it's my responsibility to harness that greatness and then let them go off into the world.
0: Oh, Cicely, come on! I yeah. absolutely love every single time I get to hear you speak and just to share this space with you. Uh, such a true honor. Three big takeaways for me personally and humbly: one, Power Ranger. The ten-year-old me is flipping the fuck out. As I'm I was like, the oh, yellow one. Yes. Yes uh and then the the family legacy is something that that is so ingrained in me right sixth fifth generation i'm looking at my boys are they going to be the sixth we've been in this business for over 120 years like all of that there's a lot of legacy both positive and self-destructive in that Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that that's become and then the other part is like you're the conduit now like as somebody who's who's had some success who's tasted some of the limelight all of those things i remember being like that and going i'm going to the hall of fame as like a player and i realized at a certain point I was like that's not my that's not my job that's not my role i was like now hopefully that i can just create the space and maybe i can still have a little bit of ego and bravado and go to the hall of fame as a coach as somebody yeah. trying to say i'm okay being the dumbest person in the room if i'm not yeah. i'm in the wrong room and my job is to create the space that really great ideas really great people can exist and flourish and then we amplify it and so oh you got all the fields going i really appreciate this and you bring that level of storytelling to everything that you do and so many people do there's so many people that work in the restaurant that are that dishwasher that just everybody wants to be around that tells the best stories that, yeah. that talks about cooking with their grandmother when they were a kid and then they make family me or like this is it like this is the this, whole is, this is what we should be in. doing
1: yeah this is it
0: this is the whole thing so you wrote a story 86 the narrative and let us be great that basically says it all Mike. drop right so tell us about like bringing a story like this to life maybe just tease us a little bit it'll be in the comments so that people can read the whole story but what does this story mean to you? Why did you want to bring this to the forefront with this platform?
1: I mean, I think that if you know me for like 10 seconds, you know that I have kids. I mean, thank God they have not walked in the background <laughs> yet. I was um, hoping
0: that we'd see the kids. They're Instagram famous now.
1: I, I put the thing on it was like, don't say nothing. Um, <laughs> but I think that. Family right like and it was funny because my daughter wants to go to school to be a doctor and and so we were in the she hurt her foot how she hurt her foot i'm not going to tell y'all because it was my fault but um so she was in the doctor's office and this young doctor comes in and she's like oh i want to be a doctor i want to be a pediatric doctor and he was like oh that's a really um tough career because that's something that everybody's really passionate about and it's going to be long hours and she was like yeah i'm fine with that he was like well i just think that maybe you should think about something else because you're a woman and you're Mm. gonna have all these long hours and you're it's gonna sacrifice your family like you're not gonna be able to like start a family and she looked at him and then she looked at me and she was like but I've only known you to ever work in restaurants and have all these crazy long hours and you have a family. So like, what is he talking about? And I was like, and that's the thing, like that's how we show up is like to challenge those narratives that like, you can't have it all. Your all may not look like the next person's all, but you can surely have it all. And so I recklessly fully show up in spaces as a woman, as a black woman, as a queer woman, as a mother and be like, listen, you gonna get this work and you gonna get <laughs> used to it because there's plenty of other people that come after me. And I think that was, I've i have been so lucky and I'm so grateful from the start of my career to, to have so many incredible women come in and out of my life and be like, listen, mm. we will figure out how to hold space for you and then hold space for you and your children and all of these things, whether that's like working around your schedule or making a schedule that works for you. And so I feel like because so many people have been that kind to me, it is my responsibility to share that story because I yeah. think a lot of people think, oh, I, I have kids, I can't do the thing. Cause how do I work around Picking them up at a specific right. time. No, you find a place that values you enough to be like, okay, these are your hours, and these are the hours that we're gonna give you. And so that's what my story was about. Like, just let us do our job. Don't sit here and be like, oh, you got kids? Oh, something must be hard for you to have a job, huh? No, it's not actually. And and I have the privilege of being able to run circles around some of y'all and show my daughters that they can do it too. And so that's like always one of the things that i lead with in these moments of like i have kids okay you got a dog like not compared my kids <laughs> to your dog, but you have responsibilities that you right. need to take care of too so yours don't limit you so why should mine limit me
0: that's that's it, it. none of us are holding space for you we're just getting the fuck out of the way so that you can tell this story because this is such a powerful story. And I'm so grateful for this. I cannot wait already. As you were talking, I was like, I can't wait to share this with Betsy, who's got the, the five week, five week old baby. And is always talking about that level of empowerment for women, because that's, that's what we need. It's the, it's the leadership that we need. It's the voices that we absolutely need in that narrative, because we need to shift the narrative. That narrative was not written for you, so you're rewriting it. And that's it. The narrative for you, whoever's watching this, whoever's listening to this, it's your narrative. It's your opportunity. Take the space. We'll give it to you. We're happy to share that space with with anybody who's willing to tell their story. And especially if they're willing to feed their community, that's it. That's why we're here. And
1: and that's the thing, right? Like, Because I think that sometimes we get caught up in like, the highlight reel of it all Mm. and the reality is like don't despise your small beginning whatever that feels like to you because that's the thing that makes all the difference how you start how you lay your foundation how you pour into your dreams in the beginning is it creates the highlight reel so those things matter and and i think that sometimes we think like the small or the mundane or the day-to-day isn't worth telling but it's in the days that you don't feel like getting up that you say I still got up that's or in the days stuff. where you feel like I didn't feel my best but I still said push through and love and care for yourself those are the things that matter the most because the other stuff will come um and and I think that's the thing you don't you don't chase the money you chase the knowledge you chase the moments you chase that stuff will will show up if you keep putting it out there and you hold fast to your hope, those things happen. But it's the other shit that makes it bomb. It's the other things, the moments when everything falls apart and you feel like, I don't know how, I don't know what, that when you get to the other side, you be like, oh, that was nuts. And I think that sometimes people don't feel like that's a worthy story to tell, but it absolutely is. It is for you because it's liberating for you not to hold on to that stuff, but it's liberating for the next person because they're moment of clarity could come from the words that you have. And it could just be that like, this is where I lived. And I took the two train every day and read on the train. And then one day I got off at this stop and bumped into the person who had my next move in their hand. And I think that that's important that's necessary. That's the thing that keeps the rest of us going. That's the thing that gives us hope is the basic stuff not all the other stuff Ooh. that stuff's the blessed the benefit of the blessing but the blessing is how you move through it all
0: that's the part of your story that nobody can co-opt nobody can yeah. take that part of the story everyone else can take the glossy shit, because everyone has those stories many people have those stories this is it that's the story that you need to tell this is why i told y'all this is why we needed cicely here to be able to inspire us be able to bring your story to life and it might be getting off that train and just saying yes to one more person just taking a lunch with somebody just doing that one thing that unlocks your trajectory and it could be writing down the first time you ever had sushi or a sandwich that can be the unlocked story or it can be something profound like the first time that you ever cooked with your grandmother it can be anything from top to bottom in your human experience, that's the reality. That's what we want to hear is your truth. So, Cicely, amazing as always. Appreciate you. uh We're gonna let you go. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you always, always bringing so much fire, so much energy, so much inspiration.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so proud. Of you. I'm so grateful for y'all and the things that you're doing for us. So, thank you so much.
0: We're gonna we're gonna keep being out there, hustle, and communicate uh, because it matters. So, appreciate yeah. you. Cheers. All right, everybody. Man, every time with Cicely, just absolute energy, such a voice, such a leader for our industry. Uh, Let's keep this rolling 86 86 86 challenge has been laid down and uh, we're hearing from some of the writers. So let's keep this moving. All right. so next want to bring in Zuri Resendez to join us. Zuri is good to see you Zuri. You guys Zuri is executive chef at Shanahan's Steakhouse, Denver, Colorado. Uh, if you follow the show he has been on several times was on elise wiggins episode when we were just doing audio podcast way back we'll link that up for sure uh then early on in the uh, in the pandemic you and i rapped for a little bit about what was happening and uh and then recently you were on best served in espanol with Alejandro gonzalez uh, which was amazing to see the two of you uh, rapping in spanish about the industry super cool and you also brought an article to us uh in spanish as well and and you and i were joking like you kind of had to like relearn how to write in spanish because you spent so much time right in in the states and so i think you reconnecting with with clearly your culture your heritage and having a space to be able to share that oh, so grateful that we had the opportunity to do that so just wanted to kind of hear from you a little bit you know you wrote an article de la calle a tu paladar wanted you to like, tell us a little bit about, you know, what it was like to write an article like this, to tell this story.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for the space. You know, uh, we uh, we don't get uh, to express ourselves on a daily basis as chefs. We only express ourselves through the plates or through our food. Right. But having our voice here outside, it means a lot. So thank you for that. An honor. Um. Well, my inspiration is just my roots, man. You know, like I said, I just came back from Mexico. I haven't been down there in like a while. And going down there, hearing all these noises, I just reconnect with my culture back again. Mm-hmm. So when you told me that I had the opportunity to speak in Spanish about what I do, about what is my passion, which is food, being a chair of the industry, I didn't think it twice. I was like, all right, if I want to do this, I'm going to do it right. It took me like a while. I don't know if every every week I used to text you, oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm working on it. week. <laughs> <laughs> but because I, I really wanted to represent my culture and I wanted to sound legit i didn't want to sound just Mm. just make something because i have to make it right feel like all culture as latinos mexicans venezuelans peruvians all the latinos we are like the big uh like the backbone of the structure of the industry i'm not saying lifeblood exactly you know i was having a a talk with my butcher from chicago and he said that the same thing you know we were just joking around and he's like you know we have the mexican mafia on the butcher thing i was like what do you mean the mexican (laughs) She's like, yeah, the mom, the dad, the daughter, and the husband, they're all my me- best butchers. Nobody touches us. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So it feels great to reconnect with that again and speak about it, where we come from, why are we our chefs, why do we do this on a daily basis. And it's just—it's a fantastic connection, and that's why I call it de la calle a tu paladar, which means from the street to your palate, right? Mm-hmm. As Latinos, we, I think uh, we all move to this country to better – to look for a better future, yes. And we all had these uh, these jobs in Mexico where we don't really pay attention to what we're doing. But the reality is that, like, if you work in the industry right now. You were on tra- uh, on training mode all these years mm-hmm. to achieve right now the jobs that you have right now in the industry.
0: Yes, uh, I love everything that you're saying because look, like, we have to create more opportunities, more voices, and the fact that the lifeblood the backbone of our industry doesn't have that voice or a space for that voice it's just it's a travesty and so any little bit that we can do a best served. It was such an honor and to be able to have you know alejandra from localeta really help uh, us be able to bring these stories to life it, it means a lot and so for you you know you want to represent your culture your heritage but a lot of times you're told like you're you're just a cook. You're you're an immigrant. Like you're you're something other than what it means to be a part of like the American dream and a part of this industry, right? And so so much respect for the fact that you get to kind of tell that story. I, I'd love to for you to just take a moment. Like there are millions of the Latina community that are out there hustling working hard making sure that we are fed every single day that we even have the produce that makes it to the plate that us chefs love to be able to like put onto that plate and they feel like they just got to put their head down and shut up don't say anything don't like make any waves just do what you're told like and now you have an opportunity to do something different love for you to talk to them to say like your voice matters and and we want you to be a part of this culinary narrative you know what do you have to say to your to your Mexican mafia.
2: Well, not, not only Mexican mafia, like all the Latinos, right? And all, the, all the immigrants outside. Um, like I said, uh, I always was connected, like being an Italian restaurants, some of the best restaurants working. So I right. kind of connected about like, oh, my culture, my roots, all that kind of stuff. And when I had the opportunity opportunity to really write about what it made me a chef, all the steps that I had to go through, because it was like a flashback. Mm-hmm. It really, uh, it really, it really hit me, you know, like, oh, my God, like I have, I ha- I'm i humble enough to have that voice to, for my people. Like, dude, if I can do it, you can do it, man. It's yes. up to you, like, you're not an immigrant, like anybody can do it. We live in the, we live in the country of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Don't matter if you have a degree. We have a lot of people with degrees on the serving as a servers. The reason they right. still in the industry is because they make good money, you know, no, because you have a degree that makes you a better person. It's what you do as a person what makes you that person. Yes. And I always tell them, like, don't like you if I'm wrong, tell me because I, I made mistakes too. I don't want you to keep your head down. Like always mm-hmm. tell me why, because I learned from you. And that's how we do on this in life. We learn from each other all the time. All the time. I don't yeah, man. It's not other options. You know, like I, they're always like, Oh, how do you want me to call you Chef or Siri? I was like, just call me Siri, man. Like, call me Siri. Do your mm. job. Let's let's work together, you know? That's the environment that I have to have a job. Like, if I'm in a competition, if I'm a, like something else, then yes, chef, Siri. That's okay. Because we sure. have But other than that, we're all the same. For me, it's like we're all the same and we're here to grind. We're here to work. We're here mm-hmm. to... Cook.
0: Yes. Zuri, as always, I always get all the feels every time you and I talk. And such an inspirational uh, speaker really motivating. And I think exactly what you're saying right now is like, your journey is your journey, and it matters. And all of us have had such similar journeys, no matter where we kind of come from, that that brings us together. And if we've had different journeys, then celebrate the differences in those journeys. I think that is is what I really respect about you and really understand. And look, you set a great benchmark, man. I, I saw you on TV again, like a couple of weeks ago, like you're out there hustling you're making moves you got the dreads the look the style you are representing your culture so well and uh and cooking some of the best italian american uh latino food out there because you've put in the work the time the effort so really appreciate what you're doing make sure everybody go ahead and click on it'll be in the comments make sure that you read this article you can get it into translate so that you can make sure and read it if you don't read spanish and if you do Please know that we want to hear more of your stories. So please submit articles. We want more articles about your journey. You know how how did you come up in the industry? How did you make your way from from Guatemala up here? Like that's what we want to hear about because it matters. And uh, and that's that is that's the American dream, the opportunity, the land of opportunity, as you mentioned. So Zuri, really appreciate you. Always see- a pleasure. I can see you're uh, ready to get back to work. So go go get on that grind a little bit more, my friend. No
2: problem. We'll get back to it. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. All
0: right, everybody. Uh, really, really great. Always talking to Zuri. Uh, let's keep this rolling. All right. Next, let's bring in last and not least Joshua Walbolt out in Union, New Jersey. Good to see you as always, Joshua. Hey, what's up, what's y'all? Going? What's yeah, going
3: on? not too much i'm out here just looking at the window i can see the restaurant that i was supposed to lease out to open up but yes good
0: (laughs) that's nice foreshadowing we'll uh we'll touch on that because you wrote an article specifically about that space uh but just to start out uh you know if anybody's followed us they've seen you on videocast before they probably read a couple of the articles and uh just want to kind of touch on love food more what are you what's it all about because uh, now you're a you're a storyteller who happens to be a chef right there's been a a shift a little bit uh,
3: give us a give us the 30 second origin story a little bit definitely so what's up guys i'm joshua Wobolt, the chef owner of love food more and the founder of baby daddy's hot sauce and right now i'm just creating content uh on all different platforms and sharing recipes and sharing my stories of what it's like to be uh, a hungry chef out there just you know, working for the best restaurants, working for the best chefs all over the country and then shifting during the pandemic and trying to find my own way and my own voice and cooking my own food and telling my own story, because we have a we all have a platform to to share our story with each other. And I think um, I found that in the last year. Yes, I love
0: it. You, you know, you have that uh, that trajectory where it was like, put your head down, work hard you know, long shifts, you know, like grueling, grueling hours, like tough environments, you know, places like 11 Madison park and stuff that you worked at. And, and I think we all know that, that grind, it does, it grinds us down. It's, it's why it's, it's hard to sustain this industry. It's why burnout is a real thing in this industry. And so now you're kind of finding those stories and bringing them to the forefront. A lot of us, you know, who are just cooks, right? We have imposter syndrome. It's like, I, I can't write this story. And uh, you and I also have vibed a little bit because we're both you know, fathers now and what that means for us. And so you, uh, you've written two stories. I wanna talk about the, the two stories that you've written. And the first one was very much like, would I want my son to be a chef, right? And I think about that. That's literally why I started Best Served. I'm the fifth generation of chef tour in my family. And would I want my son to be the sixth, my sons too, and the answer a couple of years ago was, fuck, no, like, no way, <laughs> not a chance. And so I tried to walk away and and uh, and I said, you know what? I got to come back. I love it too much. There's too much legacy there. I got to just help build something different. So you kind of, you know, got into that same mentality. So talk about what it meant to kind of write that article and, and you know, your son's a part of your content, your family's part of your content sometimes. So this is very much like your personal
3: journey. Give it to us a little bit definitely so I, I wanted to share that story just because like I felt like I knew I'm not the only father in the in the, the restaurant industry you know I've worked with so many other cooks that were young they had kids I'm like you know how do you do this how are you away from the family so much like how do you how do you stay like this committed to the restaurant when you have a family at home and so I just wanted to write that to kind of like get my experience like going through it now like what is it what is that like and to be able to tell like you know do I want my son to be a chef? You know, did I want to be a chef? Because I didn't I didn't want to be a chef growing up. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was still figuring out, and it kind of just happened. And I guess the main main story of it all is like, you know, you learn so many skills as a chef that you don't really realize. You know, so many times when you're working in the restaurant, all you're you're told to do as you're told, you know, do is uh do as you're told not as not what or what, what was that saying, go? <laughs> do as I say not as I do, <laughs> do as I say not as I do, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, and I'm yeah. like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not great at leadership, you know. So I'm yeah. like yeah, we kind of lose focus of what else we have the potential to be. You know, we're told what to be, not we're not becoming what we actually can be. And then like, when you find that freedom in your voice to do what you want, like it unlocks so much of your own potential. And that's really what I want to get from the story is like, you know, my son, he's gonna, you have unlimited potential. You know, I'll plant the seeds for you, but it's going to be your responsibility to grow them. And the only way I can plant seeds is by, you know, sharing my stories with you is telling you my experiences and you can choose whether to pick that up and to nurture that or not. But uh, you know, like you can't, it doesn't, for me, like it it doesn't harm telling a story. It's like how kids learn language. You have to talk to them. You have to communicate to them and you have to listen. So I'm like doing that, focusing on, Telling my story, not just to him, but to everybody to hopefully plant some seeds and you guys can run and do whatever you want with it, really.
0: Yeah. Great article. It'll be it'll be in the comments for sure. And uh, the the punchline as it stands today, would you want your son to be a
3: chef? As it stands today, like the the overall thing, I want him to be whatever he wants to be. But if he wants to be a chef, I'll fully support it. You know, I'll be in, I'll jump in line with him. And he'll probably I be my know. boss. So I'll be in the back there <laughs> cooking almonds with him. Yeah, you'll
0: be there shucking fava beans <laughs> oh, and, and <laughs> doing all that, that work. Uh, you'll be a, a prep cook, sous chef, whatever is needed. I absolutely know that for sure. All right. And then specifically for the 86-86-86 challenge, as we kind of tapped you again, as somebody, we just love your story. So wanted to obviously have you be a part of this as well your story and again the foreshadowing you're looking across the street right now at a location that you almost went into and you kind of have a realization like wait a minute am i ready am i doing this for the right reasons is it the right spot right we we kind of we kind of like trick ourselves sometimes we pray our own passions we sometimes like make all these concessions cuz it's our dream to be able to do this I'm, i know and i'm so so much respect for the fact that you were able to pump the brakes a little bit, uh, because mm-hmm. I've definitely not been able to do that a couple times. And so it's my dream to open a restaurant. So why is it giving me nightmares? Talk about this story.
3: Definitely. So this, this is very, very true story. Everything was happening so fast, and you know these buildings are getting built, and they're like, hey, we were looking for a great restaurant, and we want you to come in there. The city's coming to me. The you know the realtors coming to me, and I'm I'm looking at the space. I'm like, this is really happening right now. Like never like it's so weird because you always visualize this moment happening like i want to be here someday but when you actually get there it's like right you don't realize everything that happened to that point to getting there i'm like it's insane sure. but then i realized after these meetings with people like i would just be up every single night and of mm-hmm. course it's a lot of pressure to do that but then i realized like why am i awake am i awake because i'm excited or am i awake because you know i'm scared yeah, i'm awake right. because if i make this decision am i going to regret it you know if i don't make decision am i going to regret it and it came over to me like there will always be more buildings for lease uh, that yes. I can go into. There's always going to be an opportunity for me because I realize no matter what I want in life, I'm going to go after it and I'm going to get it. When you have that kind of persistence and that, that mind power, like, you know, whatever you want, you're going to get it. You realize that like you can move at your own time. You know, you make your decisions that are going to affect your life and nobody's there pressuring you to tell you what to do. When is the right time? Cause you are the owner of your life. You're the only one dealing with the consequences or the rewards at that. Time. Yeah.
0: So it's that uh, right there. Joshua is like the biggest unlock from everything that I've seen from your stories that always sticks with me that I'll tell other people, you know what Joshua recognized that I wish I had that I wish so many of us had is that it doesn't have to be forced upon you this external pressure. And we are so used to that in restaurants. We are so all about being reactionary. A ticket comes in, an order is called in. 30 seconds to the window. You're only as good as your next plate. All of these things that we perpetuate in the restaurant, they're all external force. Mm-hmm. And it's never like, what do I want and need in this moment or any given moment or in my trajectory as a whole? So we're so used to the external force and just reacting and counter-punching, getting punched in the face and then going on to the next ticket. And so I really appreciate that you took that moment to say, is it in me? Or is it the external forces and pressure that I'm going to succumb to? And that I'll always, always have such a, such a, I'm jealous. First of all, because (laughs) I wasn't able to do that. And I wish I had, because then I wouldn't have burned out in those kitchens. And I think a lot of people resonate with that. So definitely please read both stories. They'll be in the comments, read this story specifically, because so many of us want to go and think that being the chef owner of the restaurant is the ascension. And are you doing it because of the external forces or what's inside you? The story that you are compelled to tell that has to come out in this restaurant. That's it. Joshua, man, always an honor, always a pleasure. You'll see a lot more from Joshua Walbolt. Love food more in Union, New Jersey. Uh, definitely one of those contributors that we believe in a lot here at Best Sir. So, Joshua, thanks so much.
3: I appreciate you. Next time.
0: All right, cheers. Peace. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode. You got to meet some amazing writers, amazing storytellers and people who really, really are the embodiment of what we believe in. Your story matters. There needs to be more voices in the culinary narrative. And we believe in being able to highlight those, bring those to the forefront, the content, the stories that are compelling to all of us that resonate with all of us. That's it. I appreciate you all as always for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes